Good day, mates, and welcome to Digital Digital Get Down. Practicing your Australian accent again? You got it. My be... name is Roche. No, I am a shark. That's the only line you can do. <laughs> we should be practicing our, like, real Minnesotan State Fair accent. Don't you know? We were at the State Fair all day yesterday. This is our third year of podcasting at the State Fair. It's true. Live from the State Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the fireworks will interrupt us at some point. They might. So yeah, we spent a full day at the fair yesterday. A full enough day. Like, longer than I thought I would last. Longer than I really needed to be there. Yeah. It's starting to lose its effect on me year after year. We've had this conversation last year, too. Probably. This year was more fun... Or, this year it was fun to go with people who had never been because they were so fucking excited to, like, Instagram True. every fair food that they tried. And, like, they had a list of all the foods they wanted to try and stuff. And, like, I was kind of I think there that. should be, like, a Tinder for the state fair where you're yes, like, I'm will, a newbie. Help me. I will guide a new person around just to, like, live vicariously off their excitement. Correct. Right. Like, the whole food on a stick shtick is, like, it just doesn't Also, like, do it's very difficult to eat a corn dog off a stick. You struggled. You were so happy when you first got in your hand, and then that just it was really a, a from struggle there. because then you don't have the right ratio of ketchup and mustard. Honestly, to I think the, the animals dog. is the is the reason to go when you realize how many farmers there are in Minnesota and how many four adorable four H kids there are holding their precious rabbits. I just want all of the fluffy rabbits. Yeah, it's the highlight of the and show. None of the pigs. They stick them in the poultry tent. You wouldn't even know where they are. Yeah, and the rabbits are the best part. Yep, it's true. Okay, so that was our Saturday. And Sunday, today, probably mm. the most exciting part of our day was watching Supermarket Sweep. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you never watched that as a child. Well, so you watched Game Show Network then? No, this was like when I was little, like a sick day kind of thing or something. Like, no, Price is yes, Right is the only game no, show that was actually Supermarket on Supermarket Sweep was on like mid-morning on like uh, Channel 4 or something. Well, I was about ready to call up Comcast and cancel cable because I get that, like, the entire world goes on vacation the end of August. Mm -hmm. um, but there have been times over the last two weeks when there has been nothing watchable on basic or advanced cable. Fact. So I finally ventured to the Channel 1000s, which is a very strange, a very strange and modern thing to say and very sad thing to say. So sad. Um, you were that bored today? Yeah. Oh, honey. So I'm up in the thousands. You keep saying when you're that bored, you're going to read the baby book, and I've yet to see that happen. So I'm up in the thousands, <laughs> and I come across this channel called Buzzer, B-U-Z-Z-R. <laughs> I don't think there's a U. I think it's just B-Z-Z-R. B-Z-Z-R, okay. Um, and I guess it's the equivalent of the game show network? They didn't network? pay for any vowels. Get it? Oh, got it. It's a Wheel of Fortune joke. Yeah. Um, so I had, they had some crummy old shows on at first, but then I saw that Supermarket Sweep was coming up on the guide. I just don't know how you never watched it. You've described it to me on multiple occasions, and I've been like, that sounds like my ideal game show. Get me in that. How do you feel Because I, I speed. It? See, but I, I speed through the supermarket looking for deals. This is the opposite. This is the opposite. Um, like so much, not nostalgia, because I didn't live through this era of grocery shopping, but the brands they talk about <laughs> and the clothing of the contestants. And the hair of the contestants. And just pure 110%. Like, I don't know what they fed these people in the green room. Like, just cocaine or something. I watched the beginning of this one while you yeah. were making your snack. 
it's like Price is Right style. They call them down. Oh, that's why they're so, so thrilled. Wow. They literally give every partner a a brand and they were like, who's got the gravy? And like someone stands up and they run down. So you have to go with a partner. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's prices like it looks like the prices right set. Like no, more, yeah, <laughs> the episode we turned on like these people seemed like they were shocked to be on the show, and now it makes sense. Yeah, because they were just audience members that were assigned like a laundry detergent brand. In oh Paris. wow, it's so strange. It's a weird setup. Like there's a there's like twenty minutes of mini games like before you get to the main event to earn time. So you have oh, more it makes time. sense. There was also a, a like rebooted version like. Mm-hmm. Later in the nineties, well, they maybe? do, and they do guys' grocery games now, which is just terrible. No, I think you but end they up cooking in that one. they had like a later version where there were more challenges. I think there would be like a list of things to get. Or you like know, they had I think this only challenges. works by you know time jumping this far back. And yeah, the one we watched had a few moments. The best of which was Diane, this, Diane. Clo- this closeted lesbian. Um, <laughs> Diane and Diane, friends from college, <laughs> with both with very college. short hair and very vague about their relationship status. <laughs> one of them was home with a child, <laughs> and the other one like worked. And it's like, okay, it's your child together. Clearly. Um. So yeah, poor Diane S is out doing her speed run. And gets, to the, gets to the block of cheese, like serious blocks of cheese. Eighteen dollars each. That's what the announcer told me. The ridiculous announcer. <laughs> uh, and she knocked off like a Hanging a necklace, salami. a necklace of salami, sort of. And the cameraman just stays tight on Diane S. <laughs> And uh, shows her for a good 25 seconds. <laughs> so this is a seconds. timed situation where she has two minutes and 30 seconds to get as much as she can. And she spends 30 seconds of that trying to hang up the salami. No one on at the, the show has warned them. Like, if you knock some shit over, like, that's coming off of your... No. Coming out of your wings. And eventually she couldn't figure it out and just puts it on top of her card and wheels Which away. should have been the first reaction. Like... If something's That's down now, it might as well If just something has it. fallen into your hands, like it's asking to go into the cart. It's it's there's no list. You can take whatever you want, Diane. But oh, I would dear. not do well on it because yeah, I organize my cart based on how I'm going to take out the items to put them on the belt. So it's like a double reverse order for bagging. I think I would do pretty well on it. I, I get real amped about competition. Based on how I know you spend money at grocery stores, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that sentiment. Rude. I think you would do just fine. I, I also love how there's just a there's giant stuffed animals in the aisles and a very large bottle of Drano. And those are like the make or break things. So it's like mm-hmm. wow, you happen to run into a giant fucking stuffed turtle. Sea turtle. Congratulations. Yeah. Whew. That was a trip today. Yep. We live exciting lives. I don't know if I have any good news to beat that. Um, I have one good news. Okay. Did you read the Carly Lloyd Stoyle story that's been going around? No. Do you know who Carly Lloyd is? I was going to say, that was the other question I would not know. Um, one of the women's soccer players. Okay. One of the stars. Sounds familiar now. Um, she apparently went to the Eagles, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, training as like training a, camp, yeah. a gimmick, like a publicity gimmick. Oh, she gimmick. kicked. Yeah. She kicked a 55-yard field goal, like easily. Not bad. And now she claims that she has actual NFL kicker interest. Vikings could use her. I saw a couple jokes about the Vikings could use her. Mm. There was someone made uh, some, I think the coach of the Eagles maybe, made some joke about the Bears. Is uh-huh. that too soon? Got it. They missed the field goal last year yeah, to, not, yeah. to not win that playoff game. Correct. Um, 
I know about that from the dean at school. I'm right. very upset about it last yeah. year. He's from Chicago. Um, so I guess she has like actual NFL kicker interest. So she said for, for now she's she's strictly a soccer player, but she'll see what happens. Yeah. But that I would mean, be the way to do it. kickers get injured, so like she could be like a substitute kicker or something. But that would be the way to do, do it to get the first female uh play like yeah. first female NFL player like correct signed player would be yeah. to have it be a kicker and to have it be like a name like someone that already is a sure. famous sports Some player star power it would also be like such a good like kick in the face to the um kick in the face yeah to the kick in the balls to the soccer association that's refusing to correct. pay them equal pay to yeah. be like fuck you I'm not going to go get an get NFL more contract from a single week NFL contract seriously but yeah, we're heading into like year three of not really watching the NFL, even though that's all the surrounding people talk about. Yeah, it's a real it's a problem with, with one of the one of the kids, particularly at school, who always just wants to spout NFL trash. taps. No, he's just very stats kind of kid. Got it. Comes in, he's like, do you know who has the most like this of all time on the, uh-huh. this team? And I'm like, no. He's like, name the defensive line of the Patriots. I'm like, man, I can't. Vince Wilfork? Um, I have a good segue, good news. You do? Okay. I thought you didn't have any more um, good news is. Yeah. You just couldn't beat Supermarket Sweep. That's Correct. your top good news. Um, Minnesota had a Little League World Series mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. participant, and uh, they had the only girl in in the whole competition. Oh. She was a pitcher, I think. Did they, they won in the first game, at least. And then they got, like, wrecked after mm-hmm. that. Um, my bad news that I had jotted down was about that they instituted instant replay at the Little League World Series. Yeah, I Not know you needed. were real upset about that. Not needed. Like... Let the kids play. Let the right? kids play. Right. Good one, honey. Good callback. Yeah. Um, my one of my bad news is is also a sports one. Okay. There was first of all, there are two parts of this bad news. Uh huh. The first bad news is that something exists called an ultra marathon. Yeah, you haven't heard about this. It's like the one that what? you run for twenty four hours or something, right? Fifty kilometers. Fifty kilometers. That's just. Fucking insane. Um, the endurance run. 50k. Yeah. I hardly made the 5k. True. I like couldn't walk after a 5k. This is 10 times that. Yeah, these people are insane. Like, not even insane. our Neanderthal relatives needed to run 30 miles in a day. They maybe needed to run 30 miles over like a course of weeks if they sure. were like tracking a fucking brontosaurus or something. <laughs> They're not real then. Said that to make you angry. <laughs> um, a mammoth, maybe. But not in like four hours. Like there's no reason to do to it. To race it. To no. race it. Um, did you see this headline though? What I'm getting at? Um, so a woman did you won? See this? No. A woman. So a woman won. Uh huh. With under four hours. Okay. 50 kilometers in four hours. Anyways. What? Um, but the problem is. The uh, trophies they had prepared were uh, first place and first place female. Ho, 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 ho. They've never had a female win the race. So they have like a first place overall and then they have like a first place female. We talked about this whole same thing came up at like the Boston Marathon or something. right? No, it was a different no, marathon. That was, one of the marathons was that someone won who hadn't been registered register so they couldn't actually win you're right yeah this uh basically she said she approached um it was in her final lap and she saw the first place man 
like stopping for a drink. Yeah. And she just didn't stop and was like, fuck it. And like blew the pit stop and like went past and she like sprinted the last lap so that she could win. She won. It was her new personal record. I would hope so. And she beat during her last four miles. She held a sub seven minute mile pace. Her fastest splits of the race. So she saw that like she could beat a dude and was like, this is happening. Uh And just like had a ridiculous like last couple, last, however you call it in running terms, like her splits. Yeah, there you go. Were amazing. So, but they didn't have trophies. So she ended Mm -hmm. up winning two trophies and the guy had no trophies. Good. Um, So they had to, they had to get a new trophy made, like ordered. That's great. That was just first place male and not first place overall. That'll um, teach them for next year. And then they asked what, what the race would do in the future. And the um, organizer or whatever said that he was just going to switch maybe to just top six instead of having gendered ones. There you go. Um, but yeah, so it was... that was Cool story, but I kind of have the... the um, Amy Poehler reaction of like, no one's making you do this well, at first, for all the contestants. At first when I looked at it, I was like, that's kind of sick that she takes both home, like first female and first overall. Yeah. But then I was like, time the fuck out. This was an ultra marathon. What is yeah. an ultra marathon? Yeah. And then I was just sickened by it. Okay. Fair enough. My other bad news mm-hmm. is that they're fucking up Epcot. Oh boy. More than Epcot, just Frozen? Yes. Frozen was the start. I feel very protective of Epcot. Uh-huh. A lot of people, it's their least favorite and they don't like to go there. I think it's the most fun. I think Adults it's the coolest all have fun one. there. Even like alcohol notwithstanding, yeah. I think it's the coolest one. I Even when I was little, I always liked Epcot. Like the rides are kind of weird and there's all like the little country things that you can walk through. Yep. And it's not so much like you have to wait in line for every single ride and stuff. You kind of just like wander around and see the cool sights. Yeah. And I like that about it. I like that there's not all the char- as many characters and themed and stuff. Well, they're bringing Moana mm-hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy. I was just about to, to ask, Epcot. is there a Marvel uh, theme park yet? That's got to be under construction. So Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, is going to um, take the place of one of those weird future land rides. Uh-huh. Because um, when you walk into Epcot, like Project Space or whatever is the one that's in the ball. And there's some like right. space themed things at Epcot. Yeah. So I guess Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have the space of one of those. Um, which those are super old and sure. whatever. That's not my favorite part of Epcot necessarily. I like the country part. But Moana, like... I love Moana. Mm-hmm. It's a quality movie. Sure. I enjoy watching it. Give her her own island. Um, I It it should be its own country. Mm-hmm. Like Moana was based on like the Polynesian islands. Sure. That could have a place. But I'm just concerned that it's going to turn into like another Frozen thing. Where like Norway, which had these like funky ass trolls and like like this cool ride yeah. got turned into just like frozen land Take and you can't even like go Elsa. through Norway anymore because there's yeah. all just little kil- children dressed in ice princess dresses. And I'm afraid Moana's going to do the same thing. Like the cool thing about Epcot was that it was like not cool kind of, mm-hmm. that it was not all like movie based and character based. It was the Disney you're saying. 
it was a little bit the hipster Disney. It had, mm. it always had like the food and wine fest and the garden show yeah. thing. And they had like the other stuff there and you didn't it's a good change of pace be, from the rest of the Yeah, um, you didn't have to be bogged down by like week. all the super popular characters and the Disney movie brand in your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was its own kind of, uh, had its own vibe that I really liked. Well, we're in full future parent mode if, we're, if we have hot takes That's about Disneyland, true. Disney World. That's true. I guess the next time we go there for sure we'll be with with a child. With child. So, well, no, with child is not with a child. <laughs> it's later. But I was just a little saddened by that. It just kind of feels like Epcot selling out, you mm -hmm. know? Or getting, so, getting bought not out. Not surprised. Not surprised. I'm not surprised. And I know they're, like, unless they build a whole new fucking park, they're running out of space to, like, have some of these new hit movies. And I get it. Like, people go. They want to see some of the new movies they like. When the kids go, mm -hmm. they love Moana. Where's Moana? Why can't I find Moana? I get that. Yeah. And, like, I'm all for more princesses of color and not just having Cinderella and Snow White all the time. Mm -hmm. But do we have to ruin Epcot? Fair point. Fair point. Commercial break? Commercial break, although I think this this segues well into our movie for today. Disney ruining things. Yeah, I think so. Uh, commercial break for book digits? Yeah, I think they're our sponsor today. All right, just today? Yeah. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. It is your go-to book reviewing website. If you need to find a book recommendation, you can go see what's on the front page. You can check out the top 50, the fresh 50. You can even take a little quiz and it will either give you any book from the site or a book from your own to read list even as a suggestion of what to read based on the certain themes and the mood you're feeling. Uh, you can keep track of your goal for the year. Uh, you can you can kind of level up and have different achievements. Some of us you can compete still, against other users. Still need a little help to get over the blue diamond hill. Are you begging for likes? Um, it's still August. Upvotes? Not yet. So I'm not okay. not in begging mode. But if you throw me a couple upvotes, could get me out of a couple jams. A couple jams. You can also follow our social media. It is most active on Instagram at the moment. That post, digits. my God, from New York, from that New York City greenery. Came up with that on the spot. You do your best work improv. Sometimes I do, or with a deadline, because I was like, this book needs to stay in New York. <laughs> I have another one that's going to be uh, posted, too. Did we talk about Did we talk about On the Come Up yet? I didn't read it. You told me, oh. not to, you told me I didn't need to read it. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite, but I, that's my next spoiler alert for mm -hmm. Instagram. That's my next post. Okay. So, Disney ruining things. You want to talk about the movie. I thought it came out that Sony ended up ruining it. The story flipped day to day. It depends who you ask, if they're like Disney apologists or Sony apologists. Okay. Um, is that the right word? Sure. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Disney is like being greedy mm -hmm. about it. Uh, and then other people are saying that Sony is just refusing to come to a deal. Um, but I mean, Disney owns like everything right now. Correct. So I've seen a lot of people that are like happy that Disney, that Sony is like holding out and not just letting Disney steamroll them yeah. for the rights to it. Other people are pointing out that it's ironic that Disney was the one who uh, got law, copyright law changed mm -hmm. uh, at some point, not in the, in the to kind of To extend their own copyrights. Basically, yeah. yeah. Right. So they were the ones that challenged copyright law and got some of the interpretations of it changed for right. their own stuff. And now it's screwing them over with Spider-Man. 
Got it. Because Spider-Man would have been... Yeah, you're bearing the lead. We're talking about Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man would have been... How do you call it? Uh, public domain. Public domain mm. at this point, because it was made in, like, 50, the 50s or something. Sure. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, the Spider-Man movies have always been odd because... So there was the Tobey Maguire ones, of course. Mm -hmm. But then I assume the other Marvel movies had started when they were doing the terrible Andrew Garfield offshoot. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, but then they then that lapsed or something happened and they were able to jumpstart it again. But now the question is is it gonna is, is Spider Man no longer gonna be in the MCU? Yeah. Is Uncle Ben gonna have to die again? That's what's on one of the I comments. I saw the memes. Us. Saw the memes. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not that emotionally invested. I am very much a casual observer in this situation. You love Tom Holland. If he loses his gig I don't I assume that the contract he signed would still be valid. I don't think so. I hope that Tom Holland stays. Now I got you I hope that Tom invested. Holland stays. I think he's adorable. I think he, he... For me, I know that, like, Tobey Maguire is, like, the original Spider-Man in terms of movies for our generation. Yeah. But for me, like, Tom Holland has always... Has hit the correct Spider-Man high school awkward nerdiness. Like, Tobey Maguire looks like he was 25. Yeah. Like, Tom Holland's, like, actually looks and acts like he is in high school, and I think they hit, like, the modern high school vibe a little bit better than the previous Spider-Man. Okay. Spider-Man? Yeah, I assume it would be <laughs> pluralized, yeah. Um, so that's, suppose, that being said, hmm. this movie we're talking about is Spider-Man Far From Home, the summer right. blockbuster Spider-Man. It's, like, the only movie we've seen in theaters for, like, the last several months. Yes. Mm hmm It is. There's not been much out there. No. Um... That movie did not super impress me. Far From Home? Yeah. Even though you loved Homecoming. Yes. Interesting. I saw the other, another meme was Spider-Man Homeless, now that <laughs> there's like a debate over. Anyways. Yeah, um, yeah I, didn't, I didn't love it. Uh, I struggled with, my, with the like plausible deniability, or how do you call it? Collateral That's, damage? No. What? All the wrong things. Um... Suspension of disbelief. That one, yeah. I struggled with the suspension of disbelief a little bit of, like, the fact that you would let high schoolers go on this trip to Europe that just kept getting, like, all these horrible things this kept happening. This is a public kept... school. Like, it was not well organized. You had Guilfoyle, like, running amok, basically. Yeah. I, I just... The other one, they had, like, one trip to D.C. where something got right. interrupted and everything else hap happened in New York. This one was, like, I really had a hard time, especially as a teacher, yeah. like, suspending my disbelief that, like, these kids would still be allowed to be on this field trip and that they would just be able to change up their field trip right. itinerary without well, I notifying think it got parents. to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, like, look how ridiculous this is getting. Ridiculous in terms of, like, oh, our tour got switched. Look at this beautiful bus that's driving yeah. us. But, like... You would have to call the parents if you're taking them to a different country. <laughs> like, some of that stuff just, like, got a little ridiculous for me. Yeah. Um, I also felt that it was a little bit of, like, look at all of these sets we made of Europe, and look at our travel budget for this movie. Correct. It got a little bit too, let's go to this city, city, It reminded me of, like, city, when TGIF would do, like, a, we're doing Hawaii or now, Disney or we're World. doing Disney World. Yeah. yeah. Um... So it was cool for us because we had just been to a couple of the places, mm -hmm. a couple of the venues. Um, London, particularly, we were on that Tower wow. Bridge. The climax of the movie took place on the Tower Bridge, and we walked across that a couple times because we got lost and then lost my parents. Yep. Um, 
Or no, I was with my parents and we lost you. I was lost, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were just there, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some of it got a little bit ridiculous. So I really like the beginning of the movie. You didn't even remember this part, but they do the, like, the school AV club where they're recapping what happened yes. from the the uh, Thanos to the snap, basically. Yeah. What are they called? The... Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't remember already. The, the half goners. That was definitely not the leftovers. Um, the funniest part was definitely when the March band reappeared. <laughs> I still the, don't remember this. Oh, it was so funny. That it did answer some of my questions though, and they did kind of make a joke I, out of it. They answered it. I'm still confused. They did kind of make a joke out of it though, because they had that kid who was like an awkward middle schooler when they left, and right. then he came back and he was like heart hot, throb. yeah, had a hot th- heart throb, and they were like, "What the hell?" So everybody aged. No. Huh? The ones that went in the snap did not age. They were like stuck in a time loop and came back at 16 or 17. But the ones that stayed aged normally. So the kids that were four years behind them in school are now the same age as them in school. Huh? Say it one more time. Okay. So Tom Holland and his friends were in the snap. and They all did? Zendaya, all of them? Yeah. Were in the snap. That's convenient. Yeah. And were just like suspended in time. In like ninth grade. In, like, 10th grade, I think, yeah. whatever grade they're in. And then everyone else still went to school and aged normally. So the kids that were in 6th grade, yeah, when they were in 10th grade and disappeared, they came back having not aged at all, and they hadn't gone to any other school, yeah. but those kids had aged normally. So they, like, caught right. up. So you're saying the people who were in their grade and who didn't leave moved on, and a younger grade caught up to them. Yes. And so that explains why... Hot Josh, or whatever his name was. Yeah. But Tom Holland is not supposed to have grown a day since... Correct. He's not supposed to have aged. Since Infinity War 1. Yeah. Well, he aged... He came back in Infinity War 2. Yeah, I'm aware. And aged like a month. Right. Like... Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Are you still... You're still making confused face um, at me. It's fine. So that explains why they're still in high school, even though five years passed. Correct. Got it. Because he still has to finish his curriculum. Sure. He still he did not graduate yet. He has no degree just because right. he got snapped There's no separate GED program for no. them. Okay. So So yeah, is that basically the start of the movie that they say we're going on a class trip? Well, he has some of his Tony Stark drama. Like I'm not invested in their relationship or lack thereof. I was going to say that that was a little bit of a struggle for me was that the emotional like crux of the whole movie was all about like Tony Stark and his expectations. And I'm like I liked the Iron Man movies and I cared about, or like one and three, whichever ones I saw. And I cared about Tony Stark to some extent. And I cared about, uh, his arc in Infinity War, Infinity War 2. Like they got me to some extent in the second Infinity War movie, but I didn't care like that much about him and Peter's relationship. And I Mm -hmm. think this movie assumed that you were like very 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 invested in you their did, like you mentor. did cry when he was scared to disappear who didn't that was man- emotional manipulation that i hmm. still am not over yikes sorry um if you didn't cry at that part you're heartless but i was angry that i was crying because i was like you're just manipulating me at this point this is not a genuine emotion got it um so yeah, I just felt a, too much of the movie was like, what would Mr. Stark have me do? And would I live up to what he hoped me to be? And it's like, yep. oh, like it's fine, dude. It's fine. He was not perfect. 
Um, but there's also just some dumb moments. I guess he is in high school. But like, the whole thing could have been prevented if he just kept those damn glasses. Correct. So, and also, like, I was a little bit... After having seen Captain Marvel, like, they, they use the same playbook for this book a little bit. Yeah. Of, like, the person who, like, pretends to be a good, good guy. Yeah. And then they're actually evil and have a whole bunch of evil people with them. Yeah. And I also struggled with, like, the... If you have not seen this movie, you have no idea what we're talking about. There's a class trip, and Peter basically decides he doesn't want to go be an Avenger. Um, he just wants to like be a normal high schooler now that he's come back. And he wants to spend time with his friends and just go on this trip, and he wants to tell MJ that he has a crush on her. Right. So on he this leaves trip. his suit at home and... And has this whole plan yeah. of, of how to um, tell MJ that he win likes her, her and win her heart. But then... Um, Nick Fury like tracks him down and there's a whole thing about like Tony Stark's glasses which with, with like the drone program enabled on it um and there's like this disaster that he helps with and then Jake Gyllenhaal is there and and he's like Jake Gyllenhaal seems nice he can just take over this because I don't want to do it I just want to go be a high school student mm -hmm. which inevitably it accidentally sets off Jake Gyllenhaal turning into a supervillain and ruining Peter's trip anyways yeah so the the interesting part of the story was this like kind of continuation or continuation of Peter's development I guess because in the first movie he like didn't want to be a high schooler and he like really really just wanted to be an Avenger and be a superhero and be trusted to make good decisions and be responsible right. and then in this movie he like it's like he kind of learned his lesson from that one and he's like I just want to enjoy high school and enjoy time with my friends and not have to like worry about these like world ending but didn't he help save the world in Infinity War he did but I'm saying he after got, that got a little burned out by it after that he was just like I don't want to always be saving the world like I disappeared I came back I want to like just be a high schooler and like have a crush on a girl and have that be normal mm -hmm. So I think that, like... Um, Dude, someone needs to sit him down and be like, with great power. <laughs> um, Uncle Ben. <laughs> um, so I think that was an interesting, like, argument he was having with himself. Sure. Of how much is he allowed to be a normal high schooler and how much does he have a responsibility to yeah, use his Yeah, I think that powers. was a great setup. I think, like, the young adult uh, lovey romantic tropes were fine they were actually like pretty accurate i think like they yeah. didn't try to uh hollywoodify them very much right. like there was his friend who like has an insta relationship that just <laughs> insta ends which was really funny yeah and very accurate i feel like to like weird high school trips yeah um and then he and mj stuff was super awkward in like a really accurate cute way of yeah. like 16 year olds i just struggled with the villain yeah, let's get into this. I struggled with the villain's motivation, and I struggled with... Oh, yeah. Did they try to give him motivation? He was mad at he Tony Stark mad at Tony for Stark. firing him and stealing his tech. Basically. Something like that. Or for Tony Stark not having a good enough vision with his tech because Tony, like, didn't want to Belittled use his tech it. for yeah. all of this, all of the things that it could have been used for. He, Tony didn't want to use it to its full potential or something. Um... That's to go on murderous rampages, though? With, like, a whole group of pissed-off employees. It's like, get a new job and then go out for drinks like normal people do. <laughs> like, you don't need to come up with this, like, weird secret society. Uh, but the actual, like, tech they yeah. used was... Um, I'm pretty sure that the writers were watching the Olympics a couple years ago uh, when the drones, they did, like, a drone show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they were like, well, what if this was like a weapon? But I wanted to be like, um, drones already are weapons. Like, mm -hmm. from what I know, a lot of modern warfare is drone-based. Drone strikes. And but rather than use drones to hurt anybody, they make a light and picture show around it. And I just feel like when you start this, like, illusion, everything's an illusion idea, it's, like, where do you draw the line there? I yeah. struggled with the capabilities of the technology. Right. And in terms of, uh, it seemed like there was, like, a guy in the chair that had to control the illusions. Mm -hmm. And yet the illusions at one point were very rapidly changing based on a conversation that was happening. Yeah. And I don't believe that the tech could have changed it that quickly. And they were causing a lot of destruction even though it was just a simulation. But it was that they did have some drones that were shooting, like, bullets yeah. and stuff to, like, just make there needed to be real destruction. Right. With their simulation. But it also just seemed like... Well, why did you do... I, I, Very I, far-fetched that the people who were in the crisis wouldn't, like, be clued into something being strange. Like, I see a building falling over there, but this thing that punched it down isn't quite there. Especially, like, the eighth time that it happened. Yeah. Like, I guess you believe your eyes, and it was supposed to be a very good illusion, but my struggle was a little bit more with, like... Okay, it can show you an illusion and it can create damage, but it can't, like, manipulate time and space. Like, the one part that was very similar to your video game where, P where Peter oh, was, like... Oh, it's the worst video game trope now, which is that the main character falls into some sort of, like, almost dreamlike scenario and you lose your normal powers and you're having your reality warped. Right. So there was one part where... I can see the illusions being used when it's like they're they're making up this almost like video ahead of time and they like plan out like yeah. the moves it's and stuff to be like and a plan it ahead of time of, like a projector. Yeah. But when they try to use it to like mess with Peter and make him think that Nick Fury was there and he wasn't and make him think he was in Berlin and he shut wasn't. your eyes, dude. Shut your eyes, mate. But, yeah, it was just very strange because they seem to sometimes talk about the the limits of the technology that it could really only do damage it can only be in this one sphere like they show them developing it and how like specific it has to be and yeah. then in a different scene they're showing them manipulate it like at um second by second yeah. and like it's enough that like peter falls for it even with his spidey senses and like doesn't know where he is in, yeah. in like space around him and I'm just like, yeah, is it limitless it, or is it, does right. it? It becomes like a matrix situation where it's like anyone who's plugged in can like design their own program and that becomes the reality. But it's like, if you turn around, like you'll see London's fine over there. Like there's not a big storm coming. They just didn't seem quite to like have the parameters down yeah. of like what the illusion could and couldn't do. They seem to just like manipulate it for the scene that they were in or for the plot. Right. They, they didn't, like, start with a technology. They started with a plot, and they're like, I guess the technology can do that. And yeah. and I don't know. That was another thing that, like, I could only suspend my disbelief so far with that technology. And then it just seemed lazy. Like, they were being, like, illusions. And right. that was just <laughs> anything could happen that they wanted to possibly dream up. Because Talk about illusions. pulling the wool over your eyes. Yeah. Mm. And then it also was like, this is an illusion. This is an illusion, you know? Right. He's not really there. That's not who he really says he is. So, I don't know. I liked the... Sometimes I wish um, that they could have superhero movies that like weren't superhero-y. 
Mm-hmm. That like the best parts of this movie were just like YA Peter Parker in right. high school, and uh, they still had to make a big blockbuster Marvel. It would have worked time. better as like a Netflix series, like one of these ones where there's not as much of a special effects budget, and like it's supposed to be more storytelling than yeah. And then like the they're, like the cute moments of like MJ uh, doing the, the her like detective thing and fig- yeah. finding the piece of it, and then like him uh like their little flirting and stuff like those yeah. were the the better parts and yeah. like him trying to trying to keep his friends away from the danger and then they're in the danger like and the dumb teachers like those were the enjoyable parts like it was enjoyable to watch for that and it was enjoyable to watch for the cool like european cities they were in mm-hmm. uh the actual plot line superhero plot line like meh yeah meh and that's why it's like, what are they going to do if Spider-Man's not in the MCU? I'm like, maybe they won't have to do this stupid Nick Fury stuff. And mm-hmm. they could <laughs> do a little bit more of an insulated story kind. that doesn't have to connect with the yeah. MCU universe. And that's what I liked about the first Spider-Man was like, Tony Stark was definitely there and there was an sure. Avengers plotline, but it was a lot more about... Standalone kind of. It was a little bit more standalone. Mm. One special effect that I thought was impressive was it was like the first time... Um, like, they did a lot of his swinging, like, with his actual body, whereas obviously with a suit, you can do almost all of it CGI. But they, like, had his face showing while he was swinging. So, like, cool stunts and special effects this time? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Hmm. Any other parting thoughts on that? Do you think they're going to have the next version of your video game is going to be through all sites in Europe, though? How, Um, How much is the video game connected to the movies and to the MCU? That's a good question. I don't know. I think it was distributed by Sony, but I'm not really sure. Well, it must have been, because it was exclusive on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, But no, the Spider-Man video games have always been about replicating New York. I just think it would be an interesting extension to have this similar type video game and have, like, on the map, like, different cities you could travel to. Oh, I see what you're doing. Fast travel between worlds. Yeah, fast travel Mm. between the different European cities and have, like... You could swing through Rome and or yeah. Venice. Where were they? Venice. You could swing through. I Venice always wanted Grand London. Theft Auto Boston. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> it would just be nothing. You would just be sitting in traffic. Just a lot of like, traffic. It would just be beeping the whole time. <laughs> well, that's so funny. I set you up for that joke, babe. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, is that enough, Spider-Man? Um, yep. Okay. We want to go into our book. We have a book to talk about. Children love the books. Mm-hmm. We are talking about a book that, uh, shocker, I really liked and you were kind of mediocre about. I gave it a B. That's not a mediocre grade. It's not great. I gave it an A-, I think, or an A. You gave it an A. Gave it an A. The book we are talking about this week is Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, at face value, a story of a girl, a, bl- a young black girl in, mm-hmm. like, Baltimore? Yes, the D.C. area. D.C. area? Yeah. Um, whose best friend goes missing. And the best friend is known to have, like, kind of a little bit of a rough home life. Uh, Dad's not really in the picture. She lives in a the projects-type neighborhood that right. uh, is potentially being torn down. Um, something's always been a little bit off about her mom, like kind of abusive or mm-hmm. crazy mom. And... Uh, and so this best friend of, of hers goes missing, and nobody seems to care. 
Everyone seems to think it's someone else's problem. She must be at her dad. She must be with her aunt. She must have switched schools. She must right. be sick. Everyone has an excuse, and nobody seems to think that it's a problem that this girl has gone missing. It um, starts at, like, the beginning of a new school year. I think they're in eighth grade, going on ninth grade, maybe? Yeah. Last year of middle school, something like that. No, I think it's going into ninth grade. Um, I wrote it down that she was a middle school protagonist. Okay, maybe going into eighth grade then. Yeah. Um, or that could be connected to them. Yeah, so they're going into eighth or ninth grade, uh, and the main character, Cla uh, Claudia, always goes away for the summer and comes back and hasn't heard from her best friend Monday. Yeah. Uh, and then Monday doesn't show up for school. Uh, and then Monday isn't at home. And everyone she goes to for help, like I said, just seems to not care or seems to think it's someone else's problem. It's like, oh, I'll right. ask so-and-so or I'll check in with, like, they do, like, the bare minimum to feel like they've they've done something. Yeah. Um, they've done their due diligence. But don't really care, don't really do anything. And Claudia's like, something is wrong here. Like, this isn't, I know my friend and something's wrong. She runs into some of the siblings she runs of into Monday. The siblings and they seem to be... A little shady. A little... little bit like sketchy, not telling the whole truth. The mom seems to be. Monday's mom is very not very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, you have like even Claudia's mom is keeping secrets. There's someone at the school that knows more than they're letting on, and the whole thing is really a a commentary on the fact that there's so many poor and black girls or children in general. Mm -hmm that go missing and uh, if it was, you know, a little blonde white kid from the suburbs, it would be this massive national news story that sure. there's a missing child and there'd be an Amber Alert and there'd be uh, posters everywhere. Documentaries and, about it afterwards. Yeah. Or, hmm. um, and yet when it's a, a young black girl from a poor neighborhood that goes missing, everyone's just like, well, that's life. Yep. Like it's almost just expected that some of them are going to fall through the cracks and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was based on a couple of real, a combination of a couple of real stories, according yeah. to the author. And she's pretty subtle about, about that kind of motif. Like, she's not, the author's not constantly hitting you, you over the head of, like, no one cares about this girl because she's black. It's more like the themes kind of bubble up in the background, and then yeah. you realize that, yeah, the reason, you know, she has disappeared is because of Her the... situation. Yeah. And the reason that no one cares is also because of her situation that becomes kind of an excuse for what must have happened to her. Yeah. Um, and there are like a few teachers, there's a teacher and a counselor that really care and that try to, to help her and track things down. There's like a friend from church that really tries, even mm -hmm. her parents make some efforts. Um, but the whole time you're thinking a little bit like, what's going on with this timeline? Because there's a before... The, chapter the chapters headings, are labeled yeah. before, and then before the before, and then after. after. Yeah. So it takes you a long time into the book to figure out the significance of those. Until the very end, really. Until the very end, really. Um, I would recommend the book. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give a major spoiler alert break here. Uh, if you are planning to read the book, or if you're at all intrigued about reading the book... It's a very good YA book, I mm -hmm. thought. It was unique. It had a lot originality, of... Originality, for sure. Definitely original. It had a lot of, um, like, race and 
social class themes without hitting you over the head with them. Like you said, it was a little bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. You really are just following the characters and caring about her, her story and her perspective. And then these other bits of the more socioeconomic yep. themes kind of come at you slowly and you realize them as the, the book goes on. So I think it's really well done, well nuanced in that aspect. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend it. So if you have not read it yet, stop listening here. Because we're going to talk about spoilers. It's hard to talk about the end of the book if mm. we can't get into some spoilers. So, spoilers starting now. Okay. So, this this ends up being a an unreliable narrator type story. Correct. Which you can you sort of get hints at going along. As the, maybe like midway through the book and then further on, you start to realize that other characters know more than they're letting on and not just about Monday. Mm -hmm. That there were characters that knew some stuff about Monday that didn't share it. But at this point, a lot of the characters seem like they're hiding something bigger than that or mm -hmm. there's something weird going on. Uh, and you find out that that is that Claudia has like, short-term amnesia or like memory loss from, from yeah. the trauma of, right. of what happened with her friend that she her brain is basically uh hiding the information from her to protect her because she's so traumatized right. by what ended up happening to her her friend so the before the before is like when monday was still alive so you get to mm -hmm. see her and monday and their interactions Few flashbacks and to their friendship yeah before is before she found out what happened correct so she's still looking for monday and doesn't know what's happened and then the after then is after. once she once the event has happened but she hasn't processed it hasn't come correct to terms so with it. the everything has already happened and monday has been found i guess if we're spoiling we can full-on spoil right mm. or do you not want to I don't want to get into the details, okay. but well, after, she's not coming back, as the, yeah, as the title of it says. Um, yeah. So after you find out what happened to Monday, um, the after is after the news has broken of what's happened to Monday, but Claudia has kind of regressed, so she actually should be like in 10th grade. She's missed like a year and a half. Right. I think she missed a whole year of school, and then they're trying to get her back into school or something like that. So she's supposed to be like in ninth or 10th grade at this point. Right. So but the, think tricky, she's the tricky thing about the book is that you can't really, as you're reading it, tell the difference between the befores and the afters. Like they both seem like they're the same timeline. So sometime I'll go back and read and look at the after ones because yeah. she must have uh, orchestrated it very carefully where... Like, she must not interact with very many adults in the after ones because the adult would know what happened. And even if they're being trying to be gentle with her, like, there would be something that would stand out to be like... You you mostly see her with there. her parents. In the after, you mostly see her with her parents. Mm -hmm. With Marcus, what's his name? The, the boy from, the boy from yeah, church. Right. And then that girl from her dance team. Right, all the dance stuff is in after. The dance stuff is in the after, and then you find out that... The, the dance girls are purposely trying to, like, bring her up to her actual age level that she's supposed to be. Because right. she thinks she's, like, 14, and in reality, she's, like, 16. Got it. So they're, like, not telling her, but just, like, trying to bring her back into the age level she's supposed to be and think that she's being sheltered too much by her parents. So that was one thing I just knocked the book, like, maybe a half a letter grade on, because... I'm sure if I went back, all that stuff would be very cleverly done. 
but during the first read, like, that's kind of lost on you. Yeah, because the before and the after, she's, in both cases, she's still looking for Monday. And she's still, she like, she tra- is, like yeah. interviewing people and trying to track down her sister and her, like, Monday's sister, Monday's dad, and all these other people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it is hard, it is a little hard to distinguish between, because she, in her head, it's the same timeline, really. The one with the boy interest is the after as well? But mm-hmm. doesn't he help try to help go find her? In the after. Yeah, he doesn't know what happened? He does know. He's just, he oh, thinks... Oh, he's just he's just playing like along. Playing along because he, I think he thinks that by playing along, it's like going to be like better for her head. Well, that's and she's what like come all to, the adults have seemed to... Yeah, but I think that he thinks that by doing this, she's going to figure it out on her own. Yeah. Like if he can help her lead her to some different people that's that it'll get revealed to her so yeah it sounds like like such a brilliant story construction but yeah while reading it that's lost on you so i couldn't be like this is an a plus for how it's compiled it worked for me Mm. i gave it an a um it worked for me i i see what you're saying and i agree that it's a little confusing because in Claudia's head, as she's the narrator, the before and the after are the same. She's still looking for her best friend. Her best friend is still missing. Yeah. Nobody's helping her look for her best friend. Like, mentally, she's in the same spot. Yeah. But it's just the characters around her that know, that act differently because they know more than you do. Yeah. When you first pitched it to me, you told me it was a missing persons book. So I assumed it was going to be framed like a mystery. Which it's not really, because... I did say it was an amateur sleuth type book, because... Right, she's the only one hunting for the... She's hunting. It's not a detective story. Correct. And there are sort of suspects, or suspicious people at least. The, The theory that I was most intrigued by was the question of, were they maybe not as good of friends as she thought all along? Yeah, and that was the... The Monday sister kind of tried to push that one a little bit, being like you only saw what you wanted to see mm. and you tried to turn her into you. Mm-hmm. So there was that question too, where like Claudia starts to question like, was I really a good friend to her or did I just try and keep it the two of us and not what see the reality the, of her situation? What was the purpose of, uh, Claudia's like reading and writing difficulties? Was it just part of her character? I think it was meant to be part of the codependency between the two of them. Right. And the fact that she needed Monday more than Monday needed her. Mm-hmm. Well, Although, in hindsight. In hindsight. But that's kind of what the what a lot, the narrative was trying to play to was like, she clung to Monday because Monday helped her with her school and Monday helped her with her, like, have friends and Monday helped her with this and, like, what was she giving back to Monday? And then in the end, you find out that she was giving Monday like a safe place to go and a family and yeah. and uh, some she was somewhat reliable so that it was very a mutual friendship. But I think that was meant to be part of the codependency thing, part of what she relied on Monday for. And also part of what they fought about too mm-hmm. because Monday seemed to sometimes get a little bit annoyed um, and afraid that Claudia was going to get put in the stupid kids class or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, not a straight mystery or missing persons book. So if that's where you come into it, you're going to be a little bit confused or a little bit disappointed. Not a straight YA book. Not a straight YA book. But if you like um, unreliable narrators, Mm -hmm. if you like more diverse YA that is 
not necessarily um, stereotyped. I don't think, I don't think it wasn't just like, here's a take on gun violence in black communities. Like it was a more yeah. nuanced story that happened yeah. within the I black community. I had a couple of comparisons here. Mm -hmm. They mentioned uh, Gillian Flynn, which I assume they're talking about Gone Girl. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really see that necessarily. Yeah, the, the narrator part, whatever. E. Lockhart, definitely. We I could liars. see the yeah, yeah connection to that one. Um, so I would say a combination of that and a little bit of uh, your boy Mark. You think so? Mark a little Shiro? bit. Because I got the same feeling at the end that I did with this one, where it was like, I can see kind of where he's going. He's going to round out the edges of the story, and it, maybe it's not going to be a happy ending, but it's going to get resolved. And then he just like laid down one last hammer blow at the end of that book. And this one, I was kind of like, maybe things will get cleared up, and maybe everyone will get some version of a happy ending. And it was like, nope. Nope. There are no happy endings. Hmm. Um... So I really appreciate it. I thought it was very different and I've started to be a little picky, especially with YA of like, it can be a perfectly fine story, but if it's like the same as every other YA book that I've read, mm -hmm. I'm like a little bit sick of like the YA beat, like, like feeling like it could be any, any YA book. Yeah. This one had very much its own feel and felt very original and felt like it still had a traditional YA narrator, narrator and traditional characters but still felt very unique and it was a unique story within that. Yeah. So I would recommend it. And I'm... That's a pretty good endorsement of it. Looking forward to reading her next book, Let Me Hear a Rhyme or something like that. You're going to go back and read book. her other one? Allegedly. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I've heard it's uh, kind of similar to Monday's Not Coming, but like very much the first one, her first book. Got it. Um, so I think I'll probably read the newer one, Let Me Hear a Rhyme, and see if I like that one mm -hmm. and then maybe go back all right we want to do we're some closing in on, a, on an hour mark we do some upcomings sure i went through my av club news today from the week like i know people i know it's been like said to death of how we live in just sequel culture now all the disney plus stuff is that what you're getting at that, there's a breaking bad movie where they're bringing back uh what's his face I was looking more at the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie oh, God. and the Hilary Duff, Lizzie McGuire. The other one I bookmarked back. is that they're going to make and The Matrix 4. There's absolutely no way they're going to make that movie. Like, has there ever been a movie that was more ridiculed about its sequels than that? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Do they want a chance to redeem themselves? Is that what it is? Uh, I just, yeah. The one that, like, you thought was a joke was The Lady and the Tramp live Yeah, I know. Like, I saw a headline, didn't click it, about, like, here's what the dogs look like in Lady in the Tramp. And I was like, ha, 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 that's like a Lion King joke. No, Got there's it. There's a trailer now, a full trailer. Um, yeah, so apparently that's coming out. I'm more excited for that than the Lion King, because at least there are actually people in that. Mm -hmm. So to make a live action one, like, there are people in it, and, like, they actually had real dogs. The dogs do not actually talk. Mm -hmm. But they had real dogs. Like, the tramp dog was picked from a shelter. Like, he was a legit shelter mutt. Okay. Um, talking about talk, uh, talking animals, I think mm -hmm. I need to just do a brief summary of where I'm at with my whale book. Oh, gosh, yeah. Good. This is Idiot Gods, which you purchased for me based on its cover. Oh, we did the whole spiel last time. You read the back of the book. Yes. So I'm about three-quarters of the way through. It is a very earnest book 
about what would happen if whales could communicate with humans. Reminds me of that Mary Kay and Ashley uh, made-for-TV movie where they talk to dolphins, but not really. Okay. Um, so... This book jumps the shark, ha ha ha, in a lot of a lot of different points. Jumps the whale. Uh, so early on in the book, the the whale ends up in a Sea World equivalent, which you could kind of see coming, um, and has to sort of acclimate to the culture there. It has to get to know the other whales, where you know if you're not in the same pod, like you don't necessarily have a lot in common, mm -hmm. has to deal with coming to terms with like being a performer and all that stuff. Then in a span of, I don't even, not even joking, two pages, the one of the trainers says, oh, we're going to break you out, and they're out into the open ocean within two pages. Free Willy style. Essentially. They say, oh, at one point in time we did this gimmick where we told the whales they could leave, and we built this door for them to leave, and now I'll open it again. So they just float out. And supposedly it's on like a coast, so they and go the into the ocean. Can, the humans can talk to the whales this whole time? At that point, the trainer knows that the whale understands her, but he can't talk back. Got it. They end up at this scientific, like, um, experimental site. Research station. Where it's basically um, arrival with whales. Okay. I thought you were going to say Finding Nemo too. No, it's arrival. Okay. Um, where they bring in a linguist to help figure it out, okay. and she uses machines to help create a new way for them both to talk. Mm -hmm. um, so it reminded me a lot of that. And then the whale starts smoking? So yes. At this point now, the whale smoked a cigar at one point and now just got high. Okay. Um, with some assistance. Can whales get high? And they've set up underwater televisions for them to consume media. They've learned every language known to man. I guess they have lungs. And they and the whale. There's some funny parts, like when the whale says something like "silly." Was the whale getting high underwater or above water? Um, above. Was it through its blowhole? Yes. You're thinking about this way too hard. They have lungs, so it should theoretically be possible. But, like, the, they're a lot larger, and their blood works a lot differently because of their dive reflex. There was this really funny part where someone explains to the main whale what the internet is, and he goes, well, hook me up to this. This clearly must be, like, the greatest invention of mankind, like, where you've pooled all of your useful information, yeah. and instead he proceeds to watch porn for, like, three days straight. While high. Yeah. So we'll see how it wraps up. But <laughs> I told you you didn't have to finish strange it. Strange book. You did say you were only reading books that I recommend from this point. This was not a personal recommendation, but... You organize that shelf over there, I'll just take the top book from it. Okay. This happens like every couple years you decide this, and then you... My reading ruts. And then you find other literary books that you want to read. Mm -mm. Not this time. Okay, Gemini. Um, what other ones did I have? Uh, Children of Blood and Bone is going to be the first Lucas non-Star Wars Lucasfilms uh, project. Okay. It's the um, book that was really big. Saw the cover, didn't read it. Year. I really liked it. It was not at all what I expected. It was basically like African Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. Um, but it, I think it will be an interesting movie. And the second book is coming out this year. Um, Anything else? There's going to be a modern Anna Karenina book and movie. Hmm. Anna Kay. Got it. Starring Anna Kendrick. I hope not. Um, 
the Jessica Darling series, which is a book series that I read like in the high school maybe or college, is getting a, an adaptation. Hmm. Which is like a, it was kind of like before new adult was a thing, but it was a little bit new adulty. It was like older YA for sure. Sure. Uh, like she goes away to college in like the second book, I think, and there's like a lot of sexual themes and um, I think it could make an interesting like Netflix series or something. Okay. And then there's a terrible Netflix movie that's coming out shortly that I'm excited for <laughs> called Falling in Love. That was a sentence. Falling in love, yeah. like an in. Oh, hotel. that sounds like a Hallmark title. I think maybe you would like it. It's it's set in New Zealand. Man, we branched out into Hallmark mysteries today. Not worth it. No. Um, this one is stars Christina um, Milian. Uh huh. From the early two thousands. Yep, I'm familiar. <laughs> um, and it takes place she in had some sexy album covers. Takes place in New Zealand, and it looks very cheesy. She wins an inn in a contest and moves to New Zealand. You know the, those ones that's like, you could win this hotel and come fix it up or something. Yeah. Or like win this castle. Right. If you write an essay about why you should win it and whatever. So she wins an inn in New Zealand and goes and has to fix it up. And then she has like a Sweet Home Alabama style thing of like, should she stay with the local dude? Or should she go back to her, re her real life? In quotes. Um, it looks ridiculous, but the New Zealandy bits look cute. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the Hallmark um, Hannah Swenson Mysteries uh, marathon <laughs> that was on today was not cutting it for me. <laughs> so this comes out sometime at the end of this month. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. You are going to have some alone time. Yeah. So is there anything else? I think that's it. Okay. We'll have to cover my New York adventure a different time. True. Different time. We ran out of time for that. Okay. Had too much uh, of an Epcot <laughs> rant. Seriously. So I think that's it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back probably in a couple weeks. Summer's summer's pretty much over. Summer is over. I felt that coming. Um. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Adios. See you next time.